Listen and stream the only talk radio, Freedom 106.5, for the only talk that matter. Welcome back, Freedom 106.5 FM. At uh, this time, we present your special interview. And joining me uh, this morning, we have Miss Diane Oja. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. All right. Can you great. hear me okay? Yes, we are hearing you loud and clear. Welcome to Freedom 106.5. Uh, So before we get in, I'll give a little bit of information about our special guest today. So Diana has been an award-winning author of the book Mrs. Fraud and You. It is quite a practical book that collates years of experience with exposure to victims of fraud and identity theft. She has worked with and counseled victims of fraud. She's a Trinidad-born Canadian entrepreneur, author, consultant, financial and power coach. She has four designations with the APH and ABNLP in neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy and timeline therapy as well. So it's definitely a pleasure to be speaking with you today. I know I would have had a discussion with you many moons ago, um, very early in my days in media. So it's definitely a pleasure to be speaking with you again. Uh, So I've shared a little bit of information about you today. Uh, in terms of contextualizing our interview on the topic of fraud. In your own words, give us an insight into who Diane Oja is. Well, thank you so much, Govin. Yes, it was like 10 years ago when we did that first interview. (laughs) It was quite some time. So who is Diane? Okay, Diane is someone who is very passionate about people, about life, and she loves to fill a void. And the void basically means that if she realizes there's something missing, then she will go in her, her way to fix it <laughs> or to share. So that's pretty much what I am and who I am. Uh, and you know this because I like to make people feel safe and secure. And if I know something, I like to share it. It's my duty to share, just like it's your duty to share with your audience. And thank you so much for your lovely audience. And be kind to me. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So you you penned this book, uh, Mrs. Fraud and You, a couple of years ago. Uh, What would have inspired you to create this book? Well, my background is in the financial industry. I work with one of the major banks for like 18 years. And a couple of years prior to me quitting... I came across a company which pretty much we have access to lawyers and one of the services they have and still do is called identity theft protection. What we don't know, we don't know. But working in the bank, I've heard it firsthand and how devastating it was to many of our clients. And because we were frontline, I heard the stories and I just knew I had to help them if I couldn't have them through the bank, and I did as much as I can, of course, in within protocol, but I knew I had a message I had to share. So I never thought I would write a book. <laughs> yeah, writing a book, right? <laughs> but a friend invited me to a book writing event, and they said, it doesn't have to be gone with the wind. But the one thing I heard out of this is, write what you're passionate about. And I am, and I was at the time, and still am passionate about identity theft and fraud because I had access to it. I was living it at work and outside of my work on my side business. So 
you know, when you're, I do believe I'm guided in so many ways as a messenger. I sat down one day and I said, I'm going to write this book. And I just did. <laughs> right. And, and that's what happened, basically. But it, however, it changed my life. I, when I met you, it, literally, I was um, promoting that book for a whole year at that point in time before I even printed it. Right. And then when I came home, I, I reconnected. And of course, that's the first time we shared it in Trinidad. Because I also came down and got a first-time award, first-time recognition award. For, I believe it's a first-time writer award from Navis in Trinidad. So I'm very proud of that, to tell the truth. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you've had um, cl- close to 20 years or so experience in the yes. banking industry internationally. Yes. Um, I-, I know you may not be able to give us too many specifics, but if you were yes. to equate or to give us an idea in terms of how often or how frequent these instances of identity theft and, and fraud exist there because these are you know highly developed highly robust economies compared to Trinidad and Tobago which is still pretty much developing uh, financial services and sectors um, are, you know still pretty young and uh, there there's still a lot of hesitancy um, even locally here for persons to even do online banking uh, now Give us an idea about how it's like in the States and Canada in terms of the frequency of, of these occurrences there. That's a great question. And I'll tell you why. You And we're going to be real about this. And we have to be real about this. You know, Trinidad and Tobago is small compared to what everyone is out there. Um, all the other countries, I, I read the article you sent to me. And when we look at the 98 million, that is nothing compared to some of these major uh, countries. However, let's put it in perspective. Okay, first of all, let's look at Canada since we're here. And we're going to be to say, you know, I don't have the stats, of course, for 2023, but I did come across the stats that Canadians lose more than $500 million to scam in 2022. Okay, so when you think about that's a ratio about one to five compared to to Trinidad, and the report fraud losses in Canada hit another record high last year, and there was a forty percent increase from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two in regards to fraud and cybercrime. Right. So it's not you're not far behind. When you compare, but for a small country like Trinidad, that's a lot. It's a lot. Of course, yeah. we're talking about, but remember, we're talking about Canadian dollars, and then we have to convert, to, you know, Alrighty. by five. Well, I don't know what your exchange rate is, but right. that still is very high it for is a small quite a country. Lot. Well, you know, we, we have this saying that, you know, a Trinis are in everything, like salt. <laughs> um, so I guess in true form and fashion, why not involve in these fraudulent activities too? Um, because uh, ending up of last week, there would have been a number of stories. I actually have three articles in front of me from the three daily newspaper, all speaking about um, these, these fraud stories. And um, of course, you, you mentioned it as well. I would have sent you the article, $98 million lost just, just last year in TNT in fraudulent transactions by scammers. Um, really, really a, an alarming figure. Um, before we get into some of the more details about you know the various fraud and so on that exists 
Um, your book is is titled Mrs. Fraud and You. What what would have inspired uh, that particular title? Well, first of all, it was not supposed to be Mrs. Fraud and You. It was supposed to be Mr. Fraud and You. However, when I was Googling it, it came up to a movie, a Bollywood movie, which was about Mr. Fraud and You. And I didn't want it to be associated with a Bollywood movie, which was never released, by the way, because I believe one of the actors was imprisoned for, I believe, fraud as well. <laughs> I'm not sure. So I immediately changed it to Mrs. Fraud and You. The ironic part of that is... We tend to label most of the fraudsters as men, which is true. However, it comes fraud has no gender, to tell you the truth. So there are a lot of there are a lot of um okay. Okay, so it's much much better now, yeah. You could go ahead, yeah. Okay, um, Diana, I think we're getting a little bit of an audio problem. Um, can you give us a, a bit of, of speaking again? We see if we could get it rectified. Is, is this better? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit better, but the songing a little bit distorted. Uh, I don't know if you may need to double check your connection or so there. Uh, with it. Of course, uh, Freedom 106.5 FM, we're speaking with uh, Miss Diane Oja, and we're going to be speaking about fraud. Uh, she would have created a book a number of years ago, the very first book that she would have penned, uh, titled uh, Mrs. Fraud and You, and we're going to be diving into some of the various fraud uh, practices that take place, uh, not just um, around the world, but here in Trinidad and Tobago, and some of the things that you could do to protect yourself and to inform yourself about it. Uh, Diane? Is this better? Much better, yes. Okay. This right. is what I had before. Okay, great. Uh, it's yeah. probably it's just probably just the connection that we're on. It could be yes. where I am as well. Well Bona, before we even go there, I want I would like your audience, if you don't mind, to understand a few things. How fraud works. Sure. Uh, without understanding that. So we know or we have heard about the dark web. We've always heard about the dark web. A fraudster does not necessarily mean the person is living in Trinidad. Doesn't mean the person is living in Canada or the States for that matter. You know, the dark web, which is also called a dark net, is a part of the internet where the, the content is encrypted and uploaded through hidden IP addresses. That's intellectual property. So the IP addresses is like your URL where you type in www and your website, which also has to be connected to your computer, which is the intellectual property of your computer. It's like your thumbprint for your computer. But it is an underground organized crime. It is. And someone who is defrauding you could be way out, and we have heard about the Nigerian scams and so forth. So you don't know where these people are. But I would say one thing to you, they're smart and they're usually ahead of the game. It's a 
trillion, multi-trillion dollar, I would say trillion dollars, many dollars they can possibly put it, industry. And it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. So well, we, we, we all live in this very interconnected world. I mean, everybody's on social media. Everybody has a, a smartphone, several devices. Yes. I mean, I, I literally have three computers in the studio, my personal laptop, my cell phone in front of me. Uh, we all use, we give, we even acquire information on a daily basis and we disseminate information about ourselves as well. Um, I mean, looking right. at looking at our interview here, I would have shared a little bit of information about you, our guest today, mm-hmm. um, even myself, that we had a chat so many years ago and so on. Yes. Uh, why should mm-hmm. we be careful about the information that we disseminate to people, uh, especially with now how interconnected and how uh, dependent, I guess, we are based on online, social media, and even on the telephone? We have to be a little bit more uh, cautious of what we do and say. We can't fix the past, but we certainly could do something about what we could going forward. And the reason for that is they will take that and they will use it against you. One of the biggest things that's happening right now on, on social media, because we love social media, um, mm-hmm. let's say Facebook, for example. Sure. There's a lot of cloning happening and fake accounts. And I have people who well, they're not directly friends who are reconnecting with me, but they're not the ones who's reconnecting. These are the fraudsters. So so they're using the someone's um, identity, more or less, um, electronically to, to pretend that they're them. Of course. And of course, now we have the, <laughs> the digital world of artificial intelligence, which is brilliant, to tell you the truth. However, it's like anything we have, how do we use it for the good or the bad? Right. Now, I use it for the good, you use it for the good, but there are many people out there will not use it for the good. So, you know, you know the cloning part of you can clone your voice, you can clone your face, and there's some high technology that's pretty good to tell you the truth. So, we talk about, you know, for what's happening here in Trinidad, we're looking at, uh, Jesse, you all are... Uh, being attacked by so many different from so many different angles you know traditional fraud where we have you know the bank machines which is the skimming the phishing and so forth but then we have a whole nother world of cybersecurity, which has breaches and this is where people get your information and it's very very common that lots of companies are becoming breached especially when you travel people love to travel so but coming back to your question just be very cool. One of the things I say to people, I don't typically post when I'm going to somewhere. Usually, it's best to post it after the fact. However, if you, depends on the words that you put with the post, you know, I, I come here often and frequently. People understand your pattern and your lifestyle, so they know, they know you've been studied. So just be cautious of what you do or say. Less is more sometimes. Don't give too much. Pick up the phone. You know, the old-fashioned phone still really does work. <laughs> Definitely. So, we, of course, we're speaking here with Miss Diane Oja talking about fraud. We'll continue our discussions in a short while after these messages. Stay with us. Talk, talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. So, we're back, Freedom 106.5 FM, discussing with uh, Miss Diane Oja the topic of uh, fraud today. 
and uh, we continue along so you, you spoke about you know being very careful and being very selective in terms of the information that we put out there especially on social media right now what yes. about the 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 other avenues in terms of um you over the telephone and what other mechanisms can be used by fraudsters to conduct their illegal or illicit activities other than taking advantage of the information that we put on social media you know uh when i'm when i set the telephone it's still best to pick up the phone and speak to your friends okay does not mean your calls are not being recorded. We know our calls are being recorded from the big guys. We wouldn't go there. That's a whole nother story. But the other side of it, I mean, I get calls from the bank or my credit card company is said, I have some fraudulent activities on my credit card. Well, I know what my credit card has on it. And when I call my bank or the credit card company, that's not true. So the fraudsters will call and call. Now, I don't answer calls that I don't recognize to begin with. And I have two lines. I have my personal line, I have my business line, which the business line I never answer, period. So all those numbers go out there. And does that mean they can't find my my cell number? It's there. You can find it, obviously. And I still do get calls on that as well. So the fraudsters will call. The issue I saw why I left the bank and the issue I saw was a lot of fraudsters will call and coax you into giving your information. Now, they know who to target. They know to target the elderly, but they get a little bit brave now and much braver that they're targeting everyone. So I just want to we may go different places here because I know there's a lot of information you want to get in. But one of the things I want you to know is that your personal information on the dark web, which is the underground organized crime, you really are not worth much, really and truly with your information. However, your information is worth more to the fraudsters when they sell your information. So what do I mean by that? Your credit card, this is, you know, um, there are many, many studies in the old days, your credit card and your social insurance, in your case, your ID card was worth pretty much like 40 cents on the dollar. This is like 10 years ago. So right now, and these stats are from the States, your personal information, your credit card is worth like $50. And that's still conservative to what it was so basically, they will sell your credit card, a fraudster, will sell your credit card for $50. Now, what the other fraudster does, they will sell your card multiple times over. So you probably have profiles on countries you don't even know about. Your passport. Passports are very valuable, especially now when the, the countries are doing their best to improve their passports, but the fraudsters are always ahead of the game. The passport goes for about $60. Your medical record's about $60. Your ID card and the average on the state, social security, here in Canada, social insurance number, like a dollar. Your driver's license, about $20. PayPal, people want to get your PayPal credentials. And that's worth a little bit more, which is roughly about $250. 
So when you think about what your information is sold for upfront, it's really sad to know. However, what they do with it after. So I'll give you a perfect example. In Canada, we have what we call OHIP, which is the Ontario Health. Um, we have we don't we do not pay for medical. However, we pay through our taxes. So unlike Trinidad, when you go to the doctor, you have to pay up front. That's not the case here. In the States, it's a different story. You have to have Medicare. So a lot of people want to come to Canada and they will purchase someone's health or hip card number. And in the old days, it was pretty much to the pennies. Believe it or not. Why? Because of our health care. If you have a child, and we use this example a lot, if you had a child with someone who was very sick, as a parent, you're not thinking, you will do whatever it is to get the best care for your child. So what do you do? You do your best to take them to a country and get falsified credentials to come here. Not until you go, my oh, that says what happened to me. I go for medical care and say, no, you've been, you know, whatever the reason is, and that's how we find out. I remember sitting next to, this is years ago, a gentleman at an event, a dinner, and he's from a, another Asian country. And he said his wallet was stolen, but it was lost. I guess it was lost, not really stolen. And he didn't think much of it. 10 years after he migrated to Canada, and when he came to get his social insurance number and so forth, and his health card, they told him he already had an account here. What he found is he had an account in a couple other countries. So being smart up front is what we have to do because the implications of it after to fix this is where mm -hmm. the problem is. Because, it's a yeah. nightmare. Because a, a lot of times persons, um, I mean, I've interacted with a number of persons who have, you know, lost their phones or their wallets or traveled mm -hmm. and, and lost documents and that sort of thing. And um, the, the major thing is is that they could just replace their ID cards, um, their driving permits, their, they could get back their cards from the National Insurance Board and so on. It's not really treated as a big deal. Um, the, of course, most importance would go to the credit card and any cash or so on that would be within the wallet. But you're saying that, of course, all of these information or these bits and pieces of information can be used to create a profile of, or account uh, and to, to be used by these fraudsters to commit various other crimes across the world. Okay, so let's put it this way. If you lost your wallet, Govin, mm -hmm. the, cash, the cash has no value. Right. I mean, the cash has value, but the cash is cash. Right. That's it. Th right? That's a limited yeah, value. After it's, it's spent, that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Your personal information, and I want everyone to really don't be so naive to think that your credit card is the only thing that's important of value. No. We tend to always look at the financial part of it. We always do. But we forgot, we forget what the ID card means, the driver's license means, that is your everything. That is your identity. Okay? So in the old days, people would dump the wallet, take the cash and the credit card. That's not the case anymore. Times have changed. Identity theft is considered the crime of the 21st century. Right. 
it is rapidly going, you need to be more alert. So if you're traveling, let your credit card companies know that where you'll be going. Put a limit on it. Have credit cards that has a low limit. Now, one of the things, for example, we're talking about shimming. That's what seems to be the big thing right now in Trinidad. Well, that's not that's not new. That's been around for a long time. However, you also have to remember, you only know about the stats of people who are reporting it. These are only reported stats. Even the stats that I read to you, or I know of, it's not true stats. Most people will not report and being a victim of identity theft. Or may, they may not yeah. even be aware of it. No, they, well, first of all, if you are, most people don't report it because in the old days, the older days, most people would feel ashamed right. that they allowed themselves. And this is one of the reasons why mm-hmm. I left and I knew I had to share it, especially with the older generation, right? No, they're not aware of it. So now we have to be smart about it. What do we do? Well, once your ID is lost, it is very, 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 almost impossible to get a new ID. Here, it's very difficult to get a new social insurance or the state's a new social security number. It's like your thumbprint. I remember when I was going to school in the States, my social security number, this is way back, was my ID number from my college. Imagine my social security number was the ID that they used for me in school. So people are not aware and they like to flash it around. And that should not be the case. But when you think about the skimmers, we always go back to financial. But I want, you know, pick up a copy of the book. The book is, there are some copies in Trinidad, but if not people, it's not there to, to change your life. It's there to to be for you to be alert and aware. I want to explain something about the banking system. This is where people get confused and I will put my life in it and guarantee you everybody, man, woman, and child, possibly the child part, possibly and the child have been a victim or will be a victim of identity theft or fraud in some way, shape or form. Why do I say that? You know, even a dog, we've had instances in the past where a dog got a credit card. I'm not joking about this. So at the end of the day, there's something called compromise and possible compromise. Compromise basically means that you have been a victim or a target of identity theft or fraud. Maybe your bank for your bank card or your credit card. And it means money was used from another person or source and committed fraud. That's a true victim and that's what compromise means. The bank would do an investigation and most of the time they will reimburse you back for it. There are times when I know people have not been uh, reimbursed. Don't be naive to believe that because I got back my money from the bank, because the bank is insured and they have to do an investigation, I was not a victim of identity theft. Yes, you were. They got your information. It didn't matter how. They got your information. What you have to be concerned about 
is when and when they're going to attack you and how they're going to do it. And you may not even know. The other side to that, and I'm just doing it very simple here for most of your audience to understand this. The possible compromise means that you may have been in a restaurant or gas station. That's the most common. Well, it used to be the most common back over 10 years ago, but that's not the case anymore. It could be anywhere. If there was an employee who, let's say, hypothetically did some, you know, copying of your card, then what what will happen is that they will sell your information, maybe $50 a pop, right? However, if you had gone to that restaurant on that day and they found this out, they will get a list because I used to work on this list too. They will receive a list from the bank, from the security department, say we have to contact every single person on that list. Let me say something to you. That is not an easy thing to do because most of the people, when you call them, they freak out. They get upset with you and so forth because it's inconvenience. However, some will be calmed down, some not. I will explain to them that there's a possibility that your information could have been leaked, then they tend to calm down and we have to go through the process of their information to see if they have been victimized or not, if they recognize all the transactions on their credit card. That's a possible. It also means that because nothing has happened now, it cannot happen in six months, one year, two years, five years. It doesn't mean that. So everybody's information is out there regardless at the end of the day. So keep that in mind. You can't be a hermit. Of course not. You have to live and survive. Right? Yeah, because I, so I'm, I'm just thinking about that because, I mean, we the world is progressing. We are all looking at um, because credit cards and, and all of these electronic payments. I mean, we even have digital currencies now that are outside of the remit of most central banks, Bitcoin and all of these things, um, just in terms of ease of doing business and to, to make things a little bit easier. But with that comes a greater possibility of, of being scammed. Absolutely. You know, one of the things we love as a consumer, we love to know that we have money that we can use that is, you know, to the disposal. It's there for us to use when we need it, right? What we don't realize is that, you know, for lines of credits here in Canada, people have like, you know, leverage on their properties, their homes, equity. It can be a hundred thousand or more. In Trinidad, the dollars sound different. When you go to the supermarket here with a hundred dollars, you go to the supermarket in Trinidad, you know, it's almost one-to-one, but when we think about the conversion, the numbers sounds ridiculous, right? Because that's so foreign else. It's like, what? You're, bu- you're buying a burger for $60, right? Yeah. By the way, doubles in Trinidad is cheaper than the doubles over here, just to let you know that too. But anyway, <laughs> so, so my point is what we should do, we should get another credit card if we will be doing online purchases or for everyday use and keep the bigger ones limits at home. Oh, get a safe, right. get a safe if you can. Put those credit cards in it. They should only come out when needed. Now, I have been seeing a lot of, um, from time to time, come across certain things in Trinidad where people go to the bank and then be victimized outside. You don't know, and I'm not, please do understand, don't get judging me wrong here. I so said everybody is 
a fraudster. No. But you never know. The least amount of people who know your business is best. Not really and truly. Right. Because you really don't know. People will go, and people love to gossip. So people know your business, and they get mad at you in Trinidad. It's just human nature. They'll go gossip everything <laughs> about you. So, so mm-hmm. and this happens all that places, but I'm talking about Trinidad, right? Uh, I'm, and Tobago, of course, but we're focusing here more on reference to Trinidad. So just be cautious who you speak to, who know your business, what your bank account, your fixed deposits, you know, what you do, your mortgage amount. People do not need to know that. Exactly. So it's, it's all about being responsible with your information. Yeah. People love to know your business, but they won't tell you their business, but they <laughs> love to know your business because that's what we do. We love to gossip. Sure. And this is what happens. You don't know who you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we'll be talking about fraud, but we're also talking about different things that's going on in the country. This is how people come to attack you. This is how people come to thief. This is how people come to hurt you, kill you. You know, we have had things in our village because you know, Gove and I are from the same village. Uh, these things happen out of nowhere. Why? You're targeted. People are targeted because you have a shop or a store means that a little shop in front of your house means that you have money. So you don't know who's out there. You don't know who's listening. You don't know who's overhearing you in a bar because they love to drink. They love to talk. They love to talk nonsense, right? They love to talk about their family. Information is information, regardless of what type of information it is. Keep it to yourself. Information. It will, it, it will leak out. Trust me, it will leak out. But you also have a responsibility to yourself to be quiet about certain things. Your information is already out there. It doesn't matter. And you might be the perfect citizen. Congratulations. But you also have to trust the system. But you also have to be cautious of the system. So you have to live in this cons. And I don't want to to, to um, bring any fear to anyone. However, we got to be smart about it. It is what it yeah. is. It's here. To, it's here. It's not going to go away. It's just going to escalate and get a little bit more sophisticated. So we have to you keep up with it and be as careful as possible. Yeah. Well, we have to, but we also have to see, okay, what is, and I know you all love to talk about government and I don't talk politics, but we have to see what the government is doing to protect. We have, we're in a world of cybersecurity True. where we have breaches. Don't believe that, you know, you have the electronic scam where people will pass by and, you know, pick up your information by cloning your card. Yeah, we got that, but it's escalated now. Yes, we got the skimming where people, you go to a restaurant to copy your card. Yes, we got that. You got the Nigerian scams. We got all these different scams. We have the mortgage scams. Yes, people can go and falsify documents without you even knowing. Hmm. Well, well, Diane, uh, Diane, we will continue um, in a bit. We've got to take a short break at this time. Go ahead. Sure. And uh, we'll be right back. This is Freedom 106.5. Speak your mind. Talk, talk, talk. is streaming at freedom106.5.com.
And welcome back, Freedom 106.5 FM. We're speaking with uh, Diane Uja this morning. If you've got any questions uh, about fraud and all of these things that you could do to protect yourself, you could definitely give us a call as well, 627-3223-625-2257 and your messages on WhatsApp 3061065. Uh, so, of course, uh, Diane is, of course, uh, an author. She's a, a power coach and uh, entrepreneur as well. Uh, sharing her insight, of course, for her various years working at the financial institutions in uh, North America. And uh, she would have uh, penned the book, uh, Mrs. Fraud and You. We do have a call on the line. Let's take a call before we continue with our discussions. Hello, good morning. Good morning to all. And Bovin, that's a very good program you, you're having with your guests. Um, I must say that when you want, I have experienced this myself. When you go to the bank, sometimes there is someone on the floor who would come to you and say, ask you, oh, you know, what, what, what transaction you came for and what, whatever. And what happened with me once, there was this chap who worked with the bank, who, and he said to me, from a distance, what it is you want to do here today? And I had to tell him, well, do you want me to tell you where I'm sitting? So then he realized that, you know, I, I was quite careful about what I had to say. And then he came close to me. And I think some of these bank employees, really training where these things are concerned thanks a lot thank you for your call um it's been a concern diane uh recently because yes. we've had a number of persons hey in tnt doing transactions at the bank and then shortly thereafter being targeted and one yes. of the concerns would have been the, the type of communication or conversations that take place in the bank because and then we, we don't know if it is anybody affiliated to the bank at all or maybe just persons that might be liming around or maybe loitering in the bank pretending to be waiting in line to conduct their business and then they're yes. probably gathering your information and then simply sending a message um by their their social media or, or their smart device to someone on the outside to follow individuals uh, are these also things that that happen and things that you've experienced over the years Absolutely. So first of all, I want to say thank you, caller. And um, Govin, I know we were going to give away books. So if the caller can get back, please do you know, arrange with her to get a book. And I believe it is because thank you for voicing and thank you for sharing. Sharing is one of the most important things because we'll know it's we're not the only ones it's happening to. But people would understand this. Now, coming back to the bank. First of all, as a Trinidadian myself, it doesn't matter if I'm living for Canada in all these years or live in the States, Trinidadians have a mentality that they really have to know how to speak to people. In Canada, you can't stand up and yell across the floor and say, you know, what are you here for? It's called discipline. It's called protocol. It's talk about having manners, which we tend, I, I don't know about the mentality. Well, I shouldn't say I don't know because I do to a certain degree. I lived in Canada for, I'm trying, sorry, Trinidad until I was like 18. However, what I do know is that uh, many of these employees in very status positions really do not know how to speak to people. So yes, they do. I totally agree. They need to be trained to get discipline because they have a way about them where they feel because they're working in a bank, they above everyone, which is not true. You're in a, one of the most delicate places you can be. Where is the bank? It's a privilege. Nobody 
is um, you're not entitled to work there or pick in the bank because it's a bank we're talking about. It's a privilege to have a job. So yes, I do agree that they do need training to know how to work with people because people get nervous when they go to the bank, even more and more and more so, even in a store as well. There are people in a store who are more disciplined than people who work in a, a bank. Which is sad to know. <laughs> well, I, I I always have the concern <laughs> about customer service or the lack thereof. So much so that when I yes. get good customer service, it takes me by surprise. <laughs> locally <laughs> here, um, but but you agree, but you understand mm, what I'm saying. Definitely, it is a very loud, and I don't know why is this mentality that they have to be yelling across the room in a bank. That is not how a banking. It's supposed to be institution supposed to be mm-hmm. or any system for that matter right yeah. you come quietly why should they ask you in the first place and even if they do when you're lining up and they come close to you because okay for example here you know if there's a long line there might be someone who there as um whether different people different position a greeter for example may come and say you know what is your transaction maybe they can help you here or they could direct you here but they're not supposed to yell across the room yeah. Now and you're right. Mm-hmm. Now earlier on, you spoke about uh, the the need for policies as well, aside from personal responsibility, and mm-hmm. that has a great deal to play about. We spoke about you know policy directions and and protocols and things that are in place. Now, uh, as of late, of course, you know Trent Tobago is a little bit kind of awkward. Um, that that's just the reality of the situation. But we have seen most of the financial banks uh, implement uh, or issue new. Uh, cards for individuals um yes, debit correct. cards and credit cards and so all in a in an attempt to um i i guess circumnavigate these um advancements in technologies with these chip cards and so on and so forth but yes. we are we are told now uh in another story i think the same story yeah uh that says that new ad these new advanced devices are still allowing these fraudsters to target the EMV chip card technology that we have recently introduced. And and these are of course refer to these um uh Europay MasterCard and Visa microchip technology that is used there as well. So even though the sect collectively have been, you know, taking initiatives to protect their customers, the fraudsters are also empowering themselves. And and as as you I think you alluded to that earlier on, kind of always one step ahead of us. Um, well, okay, so first of all, let, let's just stay on this topic for a little bit. Again, I will repeat myself and say, the fraud says is always ahead of you. This is not one person. This is organized crime. It is civil crime. It is a crime to begin with. The problem is these guys are so super smart and they work as a team collectively. Okay, it's a network. It's a huge network, bigger than your country. So they always, they have the best of the best. You know when you see these things in the movies, on the shows, and you see have all these computers and so forth, and they live and they breed? Yes, that's what they do. They're so advanced, it's incredible. So even these, you know, EMV cards, as you mentioned, which means European MasterCard and Visa, because these are the three organizations that originally developed to promote this card, the chip, which we call here 
which I would never a fan of, but I use it on occasion. It's called the tap, like the tap and you go, you just tap. Yes. Now, here's one of the things we do know as well. Here, I don't know about Trinidad, to be honest with you, but here what they do, they put a restriction limit on how much you can tap per day. So it might be $100 or 200 Canadian, whatever the equivalent is in, Can- in, in Trinidad. So you can't go above that. Right. I, I, I do know that it, it exists um, because I, I think you, as a user, can set those mm-hmm. limits um, when you issue a car. Yes. Um, and, and there are certain things because you can get a text message if a purchase has been made or an email. Um, and and if, if you did not make it, um, you could call the bank and to verify and so on. Because these instances are, are quite severe because I, I saw that the Federal Trade Commission would have received... Um, 5.7 million fraud cases and 1.4 million of those would have been identity theft um, equating to a loss of 10 billion US dollars um, mm-hmm. that that that's more or less one-fifth of our annual budget yes yeah that's scary. and it's astounding like what I said this is the crime of the 21st century whether you like it or not it's here to stay and it's not going to stay you know it's not going to be um, stagnant Sorry, not stagnant. It's not going to, um, what's the word, be dormant. Oh, goodness, no. It's constantly, constantly, constantly. So, for example, I recently was at, a couple of days ago, at um, an event called Women in Cybersecurity, which I attended. And the gentleman who founded this, young guy, brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I attended one of the sessions with someone else who I know. And they created a game in regards to protocol, I'm just going to simplify it. And for the airline, so they they picked the airline, for example, for this example. So when suddenly something happens and you're traveling and your flights are canceled, what's the first thing that you do? You panic all, you know, again, the airline industry, because, oh, before I do that, I want to go back. I want people to understand what we just went through from 2020 and still going through with the epidemic helped us as well because we weren't spending as much before because we couldn't go out but what it did was it increased it because we're now spending a lot online and people were going crazy because they couldn't go outside so what it did it also helped identity theft and fraud rise even more so because people are using their credit cards more than ever. And now they're traveling, they want to buy everything they can possibly buy. So again, people will be looking more online. So even when you book your, your trips online and so forth, you kind of make sure that you, you, there's so much to talk about in a short time. You want to make sure that website is a legit website. I remember the days when the website looks crappy. There was so much errors, like Scotiabank at Yahoo.com. I've actually seen that. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> now it's so, I, I did, I, I really did. And I was like, what in the world? You could have, you could tell. Right. Now it's flawless. You cannot tell. There's extensions 
and so forth. I still believe I still like to book through people because then I can change things and I can talk to people with the air and all that and so forth. Yeah, because I think although we have become a lot digital and a lot technological um technology driven, I think people still want a certain level of human interaction. It it makes it a little bit more I don't want to say safer because, of course, these are still persons that will call you and try to get your identity um, and to steal your identity via the phone as well. But I think that that level of um, scrutiny that you need to pay to all of these websites and so on is, is something very, very important as well. Well, you have to put on your streets. Listen, you you know my mom. My mother didn't have a very high education, standard six, but the woman was smart. To a certain degree, right? In certain things. She was money smart, everything. But this is what it is. It's street smarts. You've got to put on your street smarts hat or, or whatever it is, kicking gear. You have to be smart about what it is you want to do. Right. You have to think before, just don't go crazy and say stop. I mean, you're thinking about places like Amazon and, and other places where you constantly put in your credit card or your PayPal accounts and so forth. You cannot hide from it. You have to live and survive. I'm not here to scare you. Govin is not here to scare you. What we're here to say is be smart about it and put limits, set limits. Right. You know, be cautious. Check your credit card with your invoices. You know, use cash as much as you can. But walking around in Trinidad with cash where people are targeting you, you know, yeah, that's, don't that's go use spend. the ATM machine outside. <laughs> if there's an ATM machine outside in a restaurant, Sure. Don't use it. Go to the yeah. bank, take mm-hmm. your money, walk with Govin behind you as a bodyguard if you need to. <laughs> we, we've got a I call. <laughs> we've got a call, yeah. Let's see who's on the line with us. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Govin. I know tune into your program here. And listen, the world is moving towards this digital currency, which I do not agree with. I think it's just uh, we have control and to shut people down. But um, I agree with the person there that you have that, you know, I, I use cash all the time. And I don't even have a bank card. I don't have a credit card. When I travel, I apply for the bank, for the um, credit card, and then I travel. When I come back, I give back the credit card. So that is my way of how I travel. I travel with the credit card for emergency, but I walk with cash, you know, when I, if I travel, but, um, yeah, I, I, I believe in the old way. Yeah. Um, people look at me as if I am a dinosaur because I go to the bank to withdraw money and line up and all these kind of things. But to me, it's safer. And, you know, I, I, I can't stress enough. And it is unfortunate that governments around the world do put more resources and hire more people into fighting these types of crime. I'll tell you why. They don't look at it as a a crime, you know, because it's not a violent crime. But um, I think that um, people should treat it as a very violent crime. Because when you take someone's money from the bank account, especially a person, you know, who's not well off, they have about $20,000 in the bank and you know, they, they lose all of it. You know, it's very, very, um, how to put it, disheartening. It and um, I have a brother who's not well. He, he gets social 
assistant and he saved his money as much as he could and one day i think as 9000 dollars went missing from his his bank which was uh the bank with the red and um listen i tried all how to help him get back that money we brought it to the bank's attention we went and make a report police but this was five years ago eh? he get back his money right so what i do now every month is i when he gets his little money every month and every month i go and withdraw all of it and i give it to him to manage himself throughout the month okay so he can't take a chance with that because it okay. looks like somebody and i i'm talking from what a teller told me inside a bank he said tell us when they look at a bank a bank account that is dormant or not being you know used frequently they pinch money off it and then put it back later in this case they empty the man whole bank account and they didn't put back any mm. so you know that's something to think about thanks sure. a lot and right, thanks for your call uh, lot, lots of unscrupulous practices uh, all over I, i guess and i think you would have alluded to it in the book that you know fraud yes. miss mr fraud or mrs fraud can be any place at any point in time Gobin, I want to address what your caller just said. A couple of things, um, if I may. I know we're short on time, and we could always sure, continue sure, discussion could, whatever you need yeah. to. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, one of the things, a couple of things I heard there. First of all, thank you for sharing. Um, the first thing I want to address is when you apply for the credit card, your information went out there. Doesn't matter if you used it, but your information is there. to a certain degree. So even yes as a precaution we have to live, we have to survive, we have to carry on with our lives. I totally agree. But no from the time you put an application whether it be in the bank or online to get a credit card or any type of information, your information is out there because your information is already out there with the bank and everything as your your ID card, your whatever it is. Although you don't mean I have a bank card you have a credit card there so your number is out there somewhere okay regardless at the end of the day if it's with the the whichever bank it is it's still out there in cyberspace and it can be accessible but you never use it okay so please do understand that as well it's fine to have a credit card of course but just be cautious if you happen to get a you know statement it might be at some point in time that's hope that it never happens to you the other thing is i know we didn't call names and i know we didn't do certain things but let's say if everything is trackable even talking about your brother like we said given information i know we did it in a teaching context and i appreciate that but just even having conversations like this with people people would say okay you don't know if people can track you so again we have to be very careful about what we share saying you take money from the bank and so forth all i'm just saying and i'm just using this example i'm not saying this is going to happen so please just as an example is this is how people get information because we're sharing things publicly and we don't know who's listen we don't know where information can come from because again right now and you're absolutely right in terms of the bank not because somebody works at the bank 
I know people in the bank, which I didn't know at the time, but I've heard after that used to be close to me in the bank that actually was selling credit card information. And I could say this now uh, only because they're no longer with the bank a long time, but you really don't know who you're working with. You don't. However, I'm not saying to go around and point fingers at people and and judge people. That's not what I'm saying. So if you have someone in the bank that you have a relationship with, a very good relationship, continue to have that relationship, but be very cautious when you go to the bank to, and people are asking you questions, you're going there to take money out. That's all you need to do. You don't need to have a conversation with the teller. Hi, hello, good day, whatever the case may be. But don't tell people what you have to do and what you're going to buy and what you're going to be doing. That's why you're setting yourself up for a target because you really, really don't know, especially whether it be a country like Canada or the States or Europe or even Trinidad, Tobago, Jamaica, and there's a lot of fraudsters living in all the islands as well. Don't believe it's not. Go Google it. You'll find it out. It's it's all open there where people have been uh, arrested, but it doesn't stop there. It's like the mafia. It does not stop there. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, we, we got another message that uh, came in earlier on because we spoke about yes. um, some of these cards um, indicating that uh, for, for their bank, the tap function is limited to 300 TT dollars. Um, any value and over that, they have to input their PIN um, yes. into the transaction. Okay. Thanks for sharing with us. Um, now, um, if you can allow, we could probably chat for a couple of minutes more. Yeah, I'm okay. fine. All right. But I have so, all day for you, doing. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you spoke digital and so on. Now, mm -hmm. what about information that could be accessible through perhaps our bills, um, letters? Uh, of course, you did mention that if, if individuals may lose their wallets or their purse, of course, persons can access the information from their um, ID cards and so on and so forth. Uh, what do you recommend for persons for old bills and, and utility bills and, and personal letters and so on as well? And uh, yeah, let, let's let's get to that first. Thank you. Well, first of all, there is also a terminology for mail fraud. If someone is, I know in the old days, I'm not sure that's the case anymore, but the old days, when I was growing up, people would come and pretty much hand you your mail. That's not the case anymore, okay? We're talking a long time ago. So obviously, if you're missing a bill, please do. And it could be innocent. Sometimes, for whatever reason, a lot of people are going paperless right now. I still like my bills because with paperless, I don't keep track as I should because it's a lot of work to do that, as, you know, of course, to go online. And you can print it, but I still like my bills because I use it for, you know, business purposes or I like to see it. That's just my style. Probably not always the best style, but I can guarantee you it's a good style to have as a backup. If you're missing something, you need to call. I'm not saying that because it miss a, you know, a, a day or so. If you have an idea when you know your bill comes in, then wait a couple of weeks and see what happens. And it might just be something very innocent. They can send you another bill. There's no way to prevent that because we don't know if it's mail theft, but there can be mail theft as well. If you have the bills accumulated and if it, you don't need it for any reason, but sometimes it's good to have it for in case something happens, then you could keep it file away safe 
But if it's like three, four, five years, although I still have receipts for that, you can, you know, shred it. I'm not talking about a regular shredder. Get a cross shredder, which look like little, little pieces, like tiny little pieces, and shred your um, your information. Do not put it in the mail. I know we tend to tear it up, so people burn it, that's fine, and so forth. So we, again, we have to be cautious, and it's sad to know we have to live in a, in a society like this. It's sad to know that we have to be hiding, hibernated, and feel that we cannot walk out our doors. Mm-hmm. No. But you have to remember, the, the, even, sorry, no, being a victim of identity theft will lead to other things as well, because then you can be a target for other other different types of organizations. So don't believe identity theft and fraud is only about identity theft and fraud. This goes beyond, it can go beyond that. Now, what about information? Because, I mean, we, we have smartphones, and I remember looking at a documentary just a couple of years ago, just the amount of information that is tracked or recorded on a on a smartphone. What about old cell phones, hard drives, memory cards, all of those things as well. Um, how are, are persons using and, and taking advantage of the information that could be left on these devices? Thank you. You know, when we last night I was thinking, oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about because we haven't talked about so many things for so many years. There's so many things that evolved. And I'm glad that you brought that up because one of the things, believe it or not, I don't know why this is the mentality. It's not that people are ignorant. I believe people are not maybe as educated to a certain degree. I mean, you know, as an influencer or the government or someone of authority needs to bring this to the forefront where people should realize your phone is a small version of your computer. What you can do on a laptop, a PC, it's the same thing you can do on your phone. And even more so, because there's certain mobile apps that you have there that you can use, where again, you have to go to outside third-party sources. That's just the way it is. That's the information. Now, recently, I had to, my computer, one of my laptops that I used was really lagging and lagging, and I was like, okay, it's like 2016. It is not a 5G, you know, the 5G um, compatible. So I have to hardwire the thing. And the other one I have, which we're talking to right now, is 5G. And that's a faster computer. And a friend of mine who is in Trinidad who helps me with my computer and so forth, we finally feel, okay, I'll take it to one of my computer guy here who I know and has been doing stuff for me. Again, yeah, what I said, somebody who I know has been you fixing my computer for me and we got him to replace the hard drive which there are different kinds of hard drive there's one where it spins which is the old one and now it's a ssd card which is a little bit different it's a hard drive now i forgot until he mentioned to me did you get your hard drive back the old one i said shoot you know what i forgot about it so i called my guy is, you know what, I forgot to pick up the hard drive. So yeah, I forgot because it was late and it was after hours and it took him longer because what he had to do is he had to clone and copy all my files, which is a lot of files, almost one terabyte, right. to my new hard drive. 
So I got it back. Now, what happened is I have I can put it in the case and use that as an external backup hard drive, which is fine. So my point to this is when you're getting rid of phones, when you're getting rid of computers, when you're getting rid of anything that has any kind of digital imprint on there, please make sure that you just don't dump it. Please make sure that you don't, um, let's say, be careless about it. Just please be sure that whatever you do, you get someone you trust to remove that hard drive, that motherboard. The phone is exactly like your computer. There is nothing more or less that you cannot do on your phone that you would do on your computer. You can create, do Excel, you can do Word documents, you can do video, everything you can do on your phone. But for some reason, people tend to believe their phones is not, it's just a phone. <laughs> no, your it's phone evolved so is, much. Called a sm- it's called a <laughs> smartphone. That's not even the terminology we used back then, but it's so smart now that you can do anything on the phone. Yeah. The reality is that, unfortunately, some some of the smartphones might be smarter than some of us. <laughs> it is. It is. But here's what. It's uh, all driven by human. At the exactly, end of the yeah. day, everything is driven by human. The computer, just like your body, does not understand language. It understands only two things. Prompts, yeah. Zeros mm-hmm. and ones, the binary code. Yeah. You have amazing coders. Listen, let's talk about websites. I have had so many problems on website because my website was a bit older. And when they created the websites, then, of course, using third party, well, one of them in particular, third party plugins for certain things that we want, because we want it. We never thought about what can happen when these these plugins expire or have to upgrade. And oh. this is where problems started. So, yes, have I been hacked with my, my, my websites? Yes, I'm being honest with you. It's a nightmare, Hmm. a literal nightmare, and it's very costly to fix. So now when you're working with someone, I will give you a suggestion in terms of you're going to be creating a website, get somebody who knows what they're doing, not just fly by night because they use a template, they use other plugins, it's going to come back to bite you in the you know where because (laughs) I know it happened to me. However... There's also when you have coders, you just don't give people access to what you have because you restrict the access. One of the things yeah. about, well, besides restricting the access, there's also ways like everything else that could always be a backdoor if somebody has to come back in. Sure. We, we've got a call on the line. Let's yeah. see who's with us. Hello. Good morning. Govin, good morning. Yes. To you and your very erudite guest, I want to relate an experience I had very briefly to you. Yes, I was, go ahead. I went to a particular ATM and there was a line, so of course, you know, I was kind enough to wait my turn. There was a gentleman there, he was wearing a hoodie and he has two earpieces in his head and he's playing with his phone. So I said, well, okay, well, you, before me, go ahead. He said, no, I'm the security. I said, you the security? Yes, he said, you the security. Well, I chose not to use my card there at that point in time because he wasn't wearing any security uniform. And I know that my card has a, 
a Wi-Fi signature on it. And in addition to that, I have heard of persons where you just pass by and they could take, they can take the information from your card by doing what they're doing. Yes. So I'm wondering, yes. in a case like that, was I right to be so cautious with my card more secure than I think that it is? Because I don't know he's standing there with this thing, he's security while everybody's using the, the ATM card virtually in front of him. So I listen to your comments. Thank you for your call. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You are right to whatever you believe is right for you and for your comfort. Yes. There's also something called electronic uh, pickpocketing. You know, just like how we have pickpocketing, you pick somebody's wallet. Right. We also have electronic pickpocketing. Huh. And I'm trying to find it here in the book because I can't remember what pages in the book. Um, yes. Electronic pickpocketing is where in the old days, it's on page 27. In the old days, there used to be, it was a little bit cumbersome. It was bulky. You will have a computer, a laptop close by within range. It's, there is an RFID feed where they will pick up the information when you pass close to someone. Again, we're coming back to the smartphones. Again, the devices, just like you have the devices for the shimmers in the in the com, on the ATM machines, where they're so flawless now, so thin, because the microchips, like everything else, like the cell phone is getting thinner and thinner and sleeker. So the TVs, everything, the the technology is incredible. So you're right to do whatever it is made you feel comfortable. And I applaud mm-hmm. you for being cautious. And I applaud you. For doing that and you know what govin you know get his information and get him a book as well because i sure. believe he's also one that can share you know and this and educate people like you're educating us today and say yes this is what you need to do and because somebody has a hoodie what time you need to go to that well if it's an atm <laughs> or a bank i'd find out what type of security do you have or even that yeah, that that's, that seems a bit questionable that's, because one thing that i i do i i limit my ATM transactions to ATMs that are literally within a bank uh, because I've seen a number of videos locally where persons tamper with the ATMs and they attach cell phones to record persons putting in their Mm -hmm. pins and all of these things. So I don't think that I'm paranoid, but I only use ATMs that are in the uh, physical location of a bank. Um, Let's take another call. Hello, good morning. Morning. Yes. Eric, Eric, you're quite right. And ma'am, thank you again. But I saw years You're welcome. A gentleman went to an airport, sit down with his laptop, and was retrieving people's information. Every time they passed, he accessed their data. And then he would go home and create a, duplicate a credit card and turn around and sell that information online or sell the credit card. So now I see they have a new thing called a crypto wallet, where this wallet mm-hmm. is designed to hold your credit card and that that information cannot be retrieved from the, just by passing close to this device. Isn't that so? Mm, okay. okay. So thank you. So yes, um, we have evolved and there is a sleeve, they call it a sleeve in those days of paper, which is lined. And yes, that would block the reading of the magnetic strip. It's the magnetic strip that they're reading more or less. Right, because all your information is on there. 
when it passed by the electron and if you google this you'll see there should be there still videos of how this works in the olden days so when they pass by it will bring up the information on their devices now there are many many um let's say travel pieces of luggage or wallets because I have a friend who has a company called Luggage City here and for globally and I will endorse him only because you can pick it up and I can always send go in the information where your credit card even it locks in there so even if it's upside down it wouldn't fall out it's incredible and there's also luggage whereby they cannot tamper it's RIFD uh, protected even the luggage I have as well you cannot break into it because they anti-theft. So it, it's an investment to actually have some of these products, right. but it's good. You do whatever you need to do. Uh, but I'm, I'm just curious to know, how did you know he did that? Did you know the person? <laughs> I'm just curious to know how you know well, he did that. But um, it, it <laughs> no, piques no, our no, interest. No, no. <laughs> there's, another, there's another message that's coming into us on WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And for listeners, you can send us your messages there, 306 Good morning, Govan. I reside in Florida. We are famous for having scanners, uh, scammers calling on the phones due to the fact that the area has a lot of retirees residing here. Yes. They have caught many old folks. Uh, and I personally have received many calls, the, the texter says. I let them speak and I listen. And after they're almost done, I respond to them saying that I'm an FBI agent and I have their number. They immediately hang up and don't call again. <laughs> what, what do you think about yeah. this this, this um, oh, counter oh, response? That's, that's that's so common. I remember, I, I, we used to joke about this. I remember a uh, couple of years back, I, I can't remember how long, there used to be this, this female, well, we believe it's female, but again, you know, people can disguise their voice. This husky voice, like this person was a smoker for like, all their lives and so forth. And I was not the only one that got that call because we used to talk about it and say, oh yeah, I got that call, I got that call. One of the things, and I know Trinidad is so good for this, you know, you can have some fun with them. Yes, and then you're the punchline, you can tell them you're an agent, you can tell them whatever you want. But, you know, you can pretty much have some fun with this and sometimes they will not call back. However, you have to also know that the fact when they're calling you, you're not the only one they're calling. It's a system. It's an automated system that pretty much cause everybody could call a thousand people at the same time. This is high tech technology hmm. at the same time. And who happens to pick up the line? So they know there's someone there. That's right. number one. Don't answer the numbers that's not on your phone as a contact no that's what you, i do you, you mentioned something and not answering the phone now i have personally um mm-hmm. received not not very often but once or twice and i've seen other persons send um or post up screenshots of messaging platforms from random phone numbers um simply saying hello and mm-hmm. i if i don't because i mean I, I would know who's on my contact list on their messaging app and so on yes and if it's a number that I don't know, I simply don't respond because uh, sometimes the, I guess curiosity may get the better of some persons, but I simply don't respond. And what I do, I block the number from ever contacting me again. Um, yes, I do as well. Because <laughs> if, if, it, if well. it's genuinely somebody, they may say, 
hey Govin, this is so and so. Remember, we spoke or that sort of thing. Just randomly telling me good morning or good day. Mm-hmm. Do do I need that greeting from you? <laughs> we have no. another call on the line. Hello, good morning. Absolutely. Good morning to you, Govin, and your guests. Good morning to you, dear. Thank <clears> you. <throat> good morning. The very informative information you are given there, right? As a, mm-hmm. I'm a citizen, I'm an old citizen. And there is more like me who goes, they depend on their pension when the month up or, or the, the half of the yes. month for NIS. <clears throat> and the information you're giving there, I wish you all could be ed- ed- educate the more the older citizens more about it and let them know more about it. Okay. I would love to do that. You know, Govin wants to arrange something, um, how we can do that. I am. He knows I am open, um, always open to do so. And I believe it's time that we need to really, um, and I appreciate you saying that. And I know there's um, something coming up. I heard on the commercial coming up in June for people to share. And I'm going to say those people who are, you know, they label themselves as victims. They've been victimized, but they are a hero. I'm telling you for those who have willing to share, who have come over, gotten over what they've gone through, because it is a nightmare. I know people who are shut down. I know people got sick. I know people commit suicide. I mean, hear of them. And because it is very devastating. It is very devastating. Marriages break up. There's so many things that can happen. Yeah, definitely. But I also, I also would get texts some institution that I never ever dealt with, talking about you know um, bank yes. accounts or credit yes. cards and so forth. It, so you have is, to be really smart about that. Yeah, I, I think I'm very scrupulous of things because even on uh, the professional networking site LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. very often I have persons sending me messages. I don't know how they can access it because I'm not connected to them. And they will identify themselves. Hi, I'm a professor, so and so, and I teach this and that and next because I'm a student as well. And uh, I yes. would, you know, be looking at different programs and all of these things. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, are you so desperate to be messaging me about joining your program? And I just leave it there. Um, but there's yeah. so many things out there and you really have to, you know, use use a little bit of common sense, as we see, um, to, to, to really pick sense from nonsense, I guess. But um, we are kind of getting close to, well, we exceeded the original time. So I want to thank <laughs> you so much, Diane, for joining us today. I know you have a very hectic schedule as well. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to uh, connect with you in the future for other initiatives. And we we'll definitely do that. Uh, before we wrap Absolutely. up, though, uh, is there anything else that you want to touch on? I know that, well, you have identif- um, indicated that uh, we will definitely be presenting a couple of your a couple copies of your books to yes. some of the callers earlier on today so i i have mm-hmm. their information um i will reach out to them and and uh sort out that um it's a lot of information it's, it's not a, a big voluminous book that you're going to be like oh boy um <laughs> it's, it's going to be you know giving you problems with your back and so on but it speaks about identity theft uh, things that you could do to protect yourselves and you are also identified a number of other common fraud practices. Can you just identify a couple others um, that that commonly exist that we should be aware of? Thank you. And for the last caller, um, my young gentleman, he says he's a senior, but he's not a senior. He's just young. Um, Definitely, you know, reach out and give him a copy because, you know, 
he can also share it with his his um, friends and families. And that's what this is all about, definitely. So, and one of the things before I do that, I want to say as you and I, uh, media personalities, it's not easy to keep our identity very quiet because we're <laughs> all over the place. So that is what happens because we can be picked as, as potential victims. We just have to be very smart about it. Now, some of the things we talk about, you know, holiday times when people want to travel, where people are always traveling, we got to be careful of who we book with, you know, contact your your banks and so forth. Um, we also want to talk about, you know, phishing, email fraud. We have kind of cybercrime. We talk about electronic pickpocketing. We also have um, smishing. We have farming. You know, it's, it's, there are people looking over your shoulder. We, of course, we have skimming. We have people who will look in your garbage. Yes, they'll look in your garbage. What you see on TV is true to a certain degree and different contexts in the movies is what we do. But then, we, of course, we have financial fraud. We have, um, mm-hmm. you know, mortgage fraud. We have car fraud, people stealing your, your VIN number. Yes, because I know people still are. Diane, you would be surprised. Um, just just a couple I'm months ago. I'm not surprised ago. about anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's, it surprised me. Well, maybe not so much, but uh, we would have actually a number of large business corporations a couple of months ago uh, would have been subject to cyber attacks, um, in mm-hmm. which they, I guess, their their clients or their customers' information would have been accessed. And I thought to myself, yes, this may not seem like a but like a big deal. But the real problem comes a couple months after what the individuals who attain the information, what they're going to use it for. And then aside from that, a lot of persons have been using social media to sell vehicles, secondhand and and generally older vehicles and so on. And persons unsuspectingly go with cash to make these purchases and they get robbed so much so that the police had to to set up a sting operation. And mm-hmm. I think the individuals would have done that to over 20 persons. On Well, the police shot the individual also involved in it. But those things happen right here. And they may be happening right before our eyes and we're totally unaware of it. Um, so Absolutely. This fraud has no gender. It has no location. It has nothing. It doesn't sleep. It's 24-7. You know, we have so many things. And there are other minor types of frauds. You know, we have marriage fraud. We have moving fraud. We have counterfeit we have false advertising, bankruptcy, people bank, you know, commit bankruptcy, um, declare bankruptcy just because government. And there's some other subtle ones that we would not even dream or believe. But you also have, you know, there's fraud against your children where people victimize their own children, you know, child support, utility. But there's, and of course, the famous Nigerians, you know, scam and so and so forth. Right. Yeah. But definitely why... So the list goes on and on. We just hear the most common ones. But I, one thing I want to leave everyone with, if you do not speak up and you do not report it, they will not know about it. It's not that you would be your name is on a list that said, you know, this is a stat. They need to know what's going on. The country needs to know what's going on. Regardless of what country it is, you need to speak up. They can only report the stats. So the stats that you're reading or hearing about is I just would, the tip of the iceberg, perhaps. It is definitely not hmm. a real number. Yeah. So understand this is bigger than what you're reading. This is only things, everything is controlled. But if you don't speak up, 
the rest will not know. Mm-hmm. So I applaud every one of you. And um, definitely, if Govin is open to this, to arrange that, I'm open to that. Just like I said, you know, to help people as best as I can uh, find the answers to give you some comfort and say, okay, what can we do from here? What do we need to do? Maybe sure. we could figure something out. Um, definitely. We may not have all the answers, but definitely that's why we're here. And I'm hoping one day to come soon. I'm not sure when. <laughs> um, and then we can take it from there. But I'm very also intrigued to find out about the event that you're having. Definitely. Guess, in a couple of weeks. Yes. Yes. So, of course, I want to thank uh, Diane so much for joining us today. Of course, she's award-winning author of the book Mrs. Fraud and You, and we would have delved into a number of the areas. Aside from that, I I know you're very busy. You're an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. you're author, power coach, and financial coach as well, and uh, you've done another book. Uh, Can you give us a little bit of insight in terms of that as we wrap up as well? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, it's in the works. It's in the works. It's called the, I always like to, f- to fill in a void of something. And this is pretty much what my life is about. I see something happening and it's called the Achievers Smart Goal Handbook. And SMART is an acronym that pretty much starts S is for very specific. Um, it's simple. M is, you know, it's measurable. A is it attainable? Can you achieve it? R is realistic. Does it hurt anyone? Does it hurt the community? And T, it has to have a timeline, a set date. And this is what the goals are. And we will never, maybe you have Govin, but we have never been taught to set goals and do it in a way where we could be accountable and have these, your dreams become a reality and how to manifest it. By doing this, we can be way ahead in any area of our life. So it's not really about financial. Finance is always at the end, but it's relationship, it's health, it's your business. It's you want to go on vacation. How do you save money to go on vacation? You you make steps because that's your goal. That's your dream. But how do you do it? And be on a path, a disciplined part in how to do this, um, how to create uh, vision boards using your thoughts and write it down so this is what the book is about and we have many people including and i i I have to say this including james watkins who is the last of the original drifters the group from motown group the drifters who would be writing one of the four words and we have david Meltzer, who the movie of the jerry Maguire movie was based on when he was a ceo running that sports agency he has his own sports agency now and these are two of the few people who will be writing forward so the books as well as other people including themselves will be answering five questions from their perspective about goal settings and how they have helped people so it's a practical handbook it's practical there's exercises it's going to help you move along faster in your career in your profession in your relationships and whatever it is you want. So that's what the book is about. We did come out, fingers crossed, by the fall because we have maybe about 20-something people in a section of the book will be called The Achievers Insights where they will be answering these very specific questions which I've given to them to answer in the area of their expertise or just generally in life. And that's what's coming out soon. 
Thank you so much, Diane Ocha, joining us this morning. Of course, we would have delved uh, quite a bit in terms of uh, fraud and uh, giving us some insight into her book, Mrs. Fraud and You. And a number of you uh, listeners would have called in and shared your experiences and, and your concerns and so on. And I will definitely ensure that you get your copy of her book. And we look forward to interacting with you in the future. Of course, fraud is definitely not going away. It's going to be something that we have to grapple with for the foreseeable future. So again, I want to thank you so much for giving us some of your You're valuable welcome. time today. So thank thanks you. again. And we chat. Yes, thank you. So that, of course, wraps up a very special interview today with Ms. Diane o- uh, Diane Oja. And uh, of course, she's a Trinidadian-born uh, Canadian entrepreneur, author, consultant, power coach, and financial coach as well. Talk, talk, talk. Is streaming at freedom106.5.com.